Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Not Without My Sister, where we're back together the band's back together again, much like NSYNC, which is an excellent segue into this week's topic. Britney Spears, The Woman in Me. Did you know the best-selling... Cele- well, the f- did you know the <laughs> fastest-selling celebrity memoir in history ever? Even faster than um, Spare. Yeah, I was wondering about that. And I don't know if maybe... Is Harry considered a celebrity? I mean, he is a celebrity, right? So it must be faster selling than Spare. It's definitely faster selling than Spare, that git. Well, sorry, Spare was like the fastest selling book in history or something, wasn't it? It's an embarrassment to us all. It was. It wasn't. Not more than Britney. It was. It wasn't. The fastest selling book in history. Fastest selling. uh, I wonder if it was. No, probably not more than Harry Potter. Fastest selling nonfiction book in history. Was it? But I mean, is that also a low bar? Like, what is what what was the previous fastest selling book in history? Like non-fiction oh, book. I'm going to look this up now in a second. Yeah, hurry up, like. Do you know what I discovered today? That Karen Carpenter was an amazing drummer. I probably should have known that. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. What are you looking at that you're seeing this, that you're being reminded of? You're supposed to be paying attention to me. Well, I'm literally looking at you. Hmm. I am literally looking at you, but it was came from I a thought list. You were, I thought you were scrolling at something. Um, my Britney hands are Spears in my lap. I thought you were doing this, so I was like, she's looking at something on The Guardian. I'm fucking looking at you. Well, how did you even think about Karen, Karen Carpenter doing well, her drums? Ask me that, I could have told you. Because I read this morning, probably in The Guardian, that Karen, some, no, I was like, she wasn't, I think it was on Instagram, it said, did you know that Karen Carpenter was actually a drummer and was number one on the list of world's best drummers but on a poll by Playboy back in 1975? Then there was a load of commentary. She was actually number 10, she wasn't number one. But then I went to... Down little rabbit hole watching tiny videos of Karen Carpenter playing the drums. She's actually why a jazz were they tiny? Because they were on my phone. And oh. <laughs> she was a jazz drummer, and it basically said she called she referred to herself as a drummer who also sings. I was like, who knew? Probably Just like Travis, Travis Scott, Courtney, Scott Barker, Barker, yeah. 
<laughs> I knew it was one of the two of them. How does everything anyway, come? I mean, actually, in both of those cases, it comes back to the Kardashians. Everything in the world comes back to the Kardashians. I was now. about to say, how come everything comes back to the Kardashians and both of they're those omnipresent? They're they're omnipotent. Britney Spears says that her book outsold Prince Harry's, but then Newsweek also says talk of Britney Spears's book beating Prince Harry is premature because it's true that they don't release book sales figures for a week or something. I think we can fairly say like it was the most pre-ordered book on Amazon. Ever? Ever, apparently. I mean, I think we can fairly say like there's a lot more people interested in Britney Spears than in Prince fucking Harry. People are obsessed with the royals though, Beatrice. I look at our mother like, as an example. Yeah, exactly. But like, like people of all ages, whereas Britney, I feel like, oh yeah, sorry. The Guinness World Record, Beatrice, for the fastest selling non-fiction book of all time mm-hmm. is currently held by... Salman Rushdie. Prince Harry. Oh, well, I said... Prince Harry. When I said, is it a very low bar? What was the previous record? Who was that, who was oh. that held by? And you said, I'm going to find that. And then you didn't. And then you argued with me as well. So like... We're okay, hang to, on, hang on. We're off to a good start. We're off to a great start. I... Oh. F- beating... <laughs> it, it beat... Jesus. It beat the record set by... Jesus. Former... Mm, former blank, 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 blank... Oh. His book... A Promised Land. Blank, blank. Released blank, in 2020. Um, I should know this, shouldn't I? Blank, blank. It sounds like Obama. Was it Obama? Yes. Thank you. Very good. Thank you very much. I pre-ordered Britney Spears' book, I think the day before it released. Then I realised it wasn't going to ship until the day it released. So I wasn't going to get it till the following day. So I cancelled my order. Oh. And then I just listened to it on Audible. Oh, isn't it Michelle Williams? Five-time, yeah, which... f- five-time Oscar nominee, Emmy winning Michelle Williams. It's clear you've spent a lot of time on Instagram over the last 48 <laughs> hours, Beatrice. But yes, five-time Oscar-nominated actor Michelle Williams reading Britney Spears' book, the woman in me. But the thing that people get so annoyed about, so the thing I actually read said five times Oscar nominated actor. And then the comment was, is that all you're going to mention? What about the fact that she also won an Emmy? I'm like, oh my God, like get a grip. It was an interesting choice though. Why do you think they chose her? Or why, do, why do you think she accept? I mean, she is a staunch feminist, right? She's known as being very um, opinionated. I would consider her to be a very... Um, Outspoken? A person, yeah, no, not so much. She's very private, but like a person of her convictions. You know what I mean? She's, you, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. principled. Yeah, very principled. So why would you? Why do you think? I mean, I think it's very interesting choice on her part and on Britney or Britney's team's part. Like, I think there are a lot of messages there. I think it's really weird. So Britney reads the intro, and did she say? I think I, I think I read her talking about it somewhere, and she said basically that because the book was so emotional to write. She didn't feel like she could read it herself. Like she didn't want to reread it herself, which totally fair. She didn't have to. 
Um, and like, it's a lot of work to read an audiobook. As I now know, my audiobook is going to be released on November 2nd. The audiobook version of This Is Not About You by Rosemary McCabe. Pre-order it now on Audible or Spotify. Anyway. You actually lost your voice back to the point. in the recording of that audiobook. No, I lost my voice when Kira was there from all the chatting. But it was it was in between recording bits. And then I had to delay the final recording by like a week because I had no voice. But anyway, I, I you know what? I would love to know how much Michelle Williams got paid. And I feel like that would really help us <laughs> help us to decide because we're going to be judge and jury and executioner to decide whether she did it for the money or whether she did it for the principles. Well, as a very principled individual, I have to imagine, as, as with her being a very principled individual, I do think that regardless, of, it's not like she needs any money, I would have to imagine. So I'd say that she did it because she, like all of us, Loves Britney. Yeah, the fact that she's best friends with Busy Phillips does make me think she's probably quite likely to love Britney because because Busy Phillips is is a very kind of pop culturey. You know what I mean? She loves Harry Styles. She's not well, like I because without the Busy Phillips friendship, I think I would be inclined to think that Michelle Williams would probably be a cultural snob. I don't know why. Probably because she's private and she has a pixie cut. Yeah, but I, and I'd be like, oh, cut, she, she only likes jazz. No, but I have to say that I think apart from Busy Phillips, apart from the pop culture and being a snob, I have to say that when offered the opportunity to tell the story of a female celebrity who was basically stripped of all her rights and imprisoned, basically, you know, for 13 mm. years, I think that is the kind of project she would be interested in because it is so outrageous. Like it is actually so outrageous. And I think it's really hard for us. I think we're so, you know, recently there've been a lot of um, reporting along with the Russell brand and the whole Me Too movement, you know, prior to that, there's been such a kind of revisiting of the 90s or the noughties or whatever and yeah and and things that we found acceptable well, and people's we just... treatment of women more like the pressures yeah. that young women were put young celebrity females but it, you know you take britney you take amanda Bynes, is that her name tell me mm-hmm. one male celebrity who was put in a conservatorship no, it's, it's just not even a, like i can it, tell you several that i feel like should have been oh Hundred percent. I can tell you one who's in his forties, probably who should be, in my opinion. But it's also Elon Musk. Oh no, I was actually thinking Kanye. <laughs> but it's it's really, you know, shocking. And I mean, I watched. Did you watch the movie I Care a Lot with Rosamund Pike about a her her character is basically responsible for individuals who are in conservatorships and and she's totally milking them out. Like it's very it's a, it's very satirical, and she's. Um, not a good person, suffice it to say. And she tries to, you know, she's trying to take mm-hmm. advantage of her charges, etc. And and she comes up against a very stubborn, strong-willed older lady. And it's it's very dark comedy. But it come like my takeaway was it's not possible to get out of one of these conservatorships. It's like the witch trials. You know what I mean? There's very, I mean, coming up to Halloween, there are a yeah. lot of parallels with um witch trials and the Salem witch trials. You know what? Brittany actually makes that comparison in a line in her book. She says something like, um, it was a bit like when they when they drowned women as witches. And they said, well, if she doesn't drown, she's a witch. And then they killed her. And if she just died, then, oh, well, she wasn't a witch, yeah. but she's dead anyway. Yeah, I actually listened, I started listening to a podcast, a series, I think it's 11 episodes or 12 episodes called Witch um, by the BBC. 
I've only listened to the first two episodes, but it's very interesting because they make that exact case. They talk about um, a string of villages, small villages, I think it was in New England. And they say that over 360 women were, were killed as witches in these, you know, in this hamlet of villages, basically mm. leaving very few or none like behind that there were no remaining adult women left in these villages. And it, 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 it makes that point as well. It, you know, she talks about how it really was uh, kind of seeing women as a threat and their burgeoning power and their yeah. autonomy, etc., was just such a threat that they were accused of things they couldn't possibly have done and then punished for it. Yeah, and that's very much like Britney's book, right? Obviously, we all know what happened, as in we all know the top line, right? That she's like gone out with Justin and then they break up and then she kind of goes to Vegas and marries this guy and, and it's annulled and she seems to kind of be going off the rails and she marries Kevin Federline. You know, like we all know the kind of chronology of Britney's life in the public eye, but somehow listening to it all or like somehow reading it all put together there's something about all of it compounded and compounded and compounded on top of like egregious betrayal of trust on top of horrific taking advantage on top of awful mismanagement you know what I mean it just all of it like there's a part where she talks about when she first experienced like a kind of an intervention when her mom called I don't know who she called the police or the the hospital or whatever and Brittany was committed it was after a night when she and Kevin had had shared custody and several times when it was time for her to take the kids back, he had kept them and refused to give them back to her and basically been like, you're not a fit mother, you're not getting them back. And like they were five months and 17 months at the time. So like babies. And she said this time when whoever came over and said, Kevin's here to get the kids, she basically just lost it. And once he had taken the older kid in and, and like started buckling her in the car, she ran into the bathroom with the younger kid and was crying. and was like, please don't take my baby. And the baby was like six months old, right? So she's crying and she said that her assistant or his assistant said, listen, it's fine. Kevin will wait. Just like take your time to get yourself together. And then basically nobody was waiting. They were, they were calling the police. And then the police came and like knocked down, knocked down the door and took the baby from her basically. And, and it was after that that she's like, I was out of my mind. And like, instead of helping me, basically my parents sent me to an institution and then stole my life. And she talks about a moment when her dad took over her home office and she said that she had had she had a notebook on the table that she used to keep a note of all of her expenses for her taxes right and she was like if I was so unable to look after myself in my own life why was I keeping note of my fucking expenses to like file my taxes in a notebook on my desk and she said she remembers distinctly that her dad sat down at the desk put the notebook in the bin and went I'm Britney Spears now (laughs) and like I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous but like she was like she kind of goes, I was watching him with a growing horror as he was basically going, I'm in charge now. And like from then on, for the next 13 years, anything she did professionally, personally, financially had to be okayed by him or by this other person, Robin. And also she, she reveals in the book, which I didn't realise that the uh, kind of, uh, is it the administrator of her conservatorship, um, a woman named Robin, when she and her dad, Jamie, went into this whole thing. He owed her $40,000. So one of, the, one of the arguments that her lawyer made when she finally got her own lawyer, when she finally got out of the conservatorship, was there was a conflict of interest from the very beginning because her dad basically got this all done with somebody, with somebody benefiting from it to whom he owed money. 
I mean, so the whole thing seems like just a setup for the dad so to get like out of his desk. Like, what dad decides that not only is I mean, it's so, but it is so corrupt on so many levels. If you care about your daughter, why is she still working? Why, like, if she's so unwell and you're having her committed mm-hmm. sporadically, mm-hmm. why is she still working? Why don't you care about what she wants? Why are you like withholding her funds? Why are you get the fact that he was getting rich off of this whole thing is just despicable. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it. No, and that's a big problem with the whole way conservatorships are done. And like, is that it shouldn't be possible for the person who puts you in the conservatorship to end up benefiting from it because that op- of course then it's there's going to be abuse of the system. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I could put you in a conservatorship and suddenly be earning a massive wage that I've never seen before ever in my life. Yes. I wouldn't do it, Beatrice. What I'm you. saying is that shouldn't be possible for me to do that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> to benefit. And like she says as well, and this is so dark, her parents had separated. And after she was put under the conservatorship, when her dad started earning something like 45 grand a month as her conservator, like that's probably inaccurate, but like something massive, her parents got back together. And she says in the book, she said, I think my mom found it attractive that my dad all of a sudden had a job. Oh, and like my. that was his job and that was how he was earning and the parents got back together. It's actually sick. No wonder she like... I know. I mean, fair play to her. She sounds... I actually think she's relatively well adjusted. And like the fact that mm. everybody still has opinions about her and like shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be dancing like this. I mean, you'd honestly just be going, fuck off. I'll dance whatever way I want in whatever weird clothes I want to dance in with whatever hair extensions and black eyeliner I feel like wearing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and... She basically says that at the end of the book that she's like, you know, people say that I shouldn't be posting videos to my Instagram of me dancing or I shouldn't be doing this. And she was like, but I'm done being told what to do. And if I feel like dancing and like she also says, which is interesting in the book, she says at one point, um, I was I was never a good dresser. And she was like, um, and listen, I what did she say? Listen, I know I know I'm still not, but I try. And I was like, oh, she knows. That's good. Because sometimes I look at her outfits and I'm like, really? Somebody needs to buy her something expensive. Well, so I'm sure they are expensive. Also, some people probably love her clothes. Do you know? It's each their own. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's all totally subjective. Like, and she's, I mean, it's remarkable that she is still out there existing and being and not yeah. like the most, maybe she is really bitter, but like outwardly not the bitterest, angriest like how it's I would not yeah. be no I mean I would not be so generous yeah the fact that she still manages to find joy through things like music and dancing and like sharing things and sharing poetry or whatever that's amazing to me because I feel like I would just be I mean I'm already practically too bitter to enjoy those things but like I would just be you know what I mean I'd be in such a dark place but one of the other things that I thought was really interesting is the whole thing about Justin Timberlake right so obviously he has become I think a much bigger part of Britney's history in the public sphere because it was such a public like relationship was such a public breakup and they weren't actually together for that long but in the book she talks about various things she talks about that she had got pregnant while they were dating and he really didn't want her to have the baby and you know she says I would have been happy to have the baby I was in love with him and I thought we were going to be together forever but he really didn't want me to so I had an abortion And it was him and Felicia, who was her personal assistant at the time. And they were in her house and they basically didn't want her to go to the doctor, didn't want her to go to a hospital because they were like, it'll get out. So she took abortion pills at home. 
And she says she was in absolute agony and she was lying on the bathroom floor crying. And she said Justin was trying to comfort me. So he came in and started playing guitar. And I just, like, more than anything else, more than the fact that we're told that he cheated on her, more than the fact that we're told that he, you know, wanted her to have an abortion, that he treated her badly, that he dumped her through text message, the fact that he strummed guitar while she was on the floor crying and in agony. It's just, that's the most unforgivable thing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But like, what do you think about the idea that we're like, I read a thing today that was like, Justin Timberlake has cancelled a whole lot of appearances for next year. He's not leaving his house because people are basically like gunning for him now for this, these revelations about his behavior 20 years ago. Like, and I feel like that happens a lot that, you know, people discover a tweet that somebody sent that's racist or homophobic from when they were 16. Like, do you think there should be, I feel like there should kind of be a statute of limitations on coming at somebody for their shitty behavior. Well, okay, I'll go back to the strumming of the guitar. I think it's a very pathetic image, right? Like in the proper sense of the word, like I think it seems totally inadequate and, and like tone deaf, but I also think they were like 20 and he probably was genuinely mm. like, what am I supposed to do for you, right? We've decided to yeah. choose this path and you're in agony and I can't make you feel better. So let me play some sweet tunes for you, right? So I, I mean, I think that that was probably well-intended no matter how farcical it seems to us now, right? And that doesn't bother yeah. me as much. But I think, I, I know what you're saying about people being judged on past behavior. And I've had, like, I really do 
I do disagree with it to an extent, right? Because I think that some people get like they do things and then they work hard and they change and they like publicly say, I've changed. I, I know I held these views and I was wrong and I've like I've shown that I've changed over the last 20 years and I'm now here. Like I think if you can't change and you can't learn and you can't get better, like then what's the point of learning and getting better if everybody's going to mm. always be like, well, you're a much better person now, but like once you weren't. You know, yeah, we all have yeah, to be yeah. given the opportunity. I think with Justin, don't know him personally, you'd be surprised to hear. One saw Jessica Biel in a bookshop that I was in in Brooklyn. Oh. Yes, and she was actually st- stunning. And like, so she looked like a really stunning, normal person. And I was just, it's bizarre to see somebody that you've only ever seen on like Seventh Heaven, you know, in a bookshop yeah. beside you. I was going, oh, reading a book. <laughs> um, But I think with Justin, like, we don't hear great things about him. Like, again... So, no, it's true. Like, again, I don't know him, but, you know, he was always hanging around with the models when I was working in Paris. There was always, like, oh, Justin was at this after party and he was, you know, making out with some model while he was with Jessica Biel, while he was married, while he, this is what while I, he was with Cameron Diaz. This is what I was told. Now, Remember again, they went out for like 10 years, yeah, didn't they? Again, like, I wasn't there. So I don't, but I don't get the impression that he has shown excellent behavior and has necessarily changed. Maybe he is a great person now, right? But, like, I think from what we hear, he hasn't done himself a load of favors in the reputation department. Yeah. To me, what was more unforgivable is that like what you're talking about is, you know, somebody does something in the past and they're not that person anymore. I think Justin did all this in the past and may very well still be that person. And I think that's where people are like, you're not a good person. You haven't really defended her. You let her go into this conservatorship again. He was 21 or 22, but like, He's a very powerful celebrity. Even since then, yeah, yeah, since then he never spoke out about it until after the the Free no, Britney movement. But he also very willingly, for marketing purposes, allowed the whole world to think that she had cheated on him with his oh, video so, of Crimea River. Yeah, so that wasn't, that wasn't, he like, he didn't allow people to think that. As far as I gather from her book, now that's obviously only her side, maybe he's going to release a book, The Man in Me, <laughs> lol, and we're all going to find out what he has to say. But according to her book, he basically started kind of distancing himself from her as he was recording his debut album, and then he dumped her right before it came out. So those songs had all been recorded and written. Oh no, that's so what he, I'm saying. So he basically knew, no, 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 but like, what I'm saying is it was strategic. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. It was a pure pl- marketing ploy. It was not, my feelings are hurt. It was... I am going to springboard off your fame and make myself look good, even though throughout this whole relationship, I've been cheating on you. And she never once came out and said, I didn't do this. I mean, would there have been any point? I don't know. Like, would anybody have cared? Like, would it just have made a load of drama? She just kind of took the high road and didn't get involved in it. Well, she says in the book that she did actually kiss Wade Robson, her choreographer. So that was the rumor that they had cheated so she kissed him once. I'm not debating that, but like he has, he had been cheating on her. Like she didn't make, it's like, that's private. Yes. But what I'm saying is I think that her, she was like, what, 2021. 20, I think at the time that she was like, I, she knew she had cheated on him once. So I think she felt like if she even came out and said, well, he cheated on me loads of times, it would just come out that, she, you know what I mean? She was like, it'll just be a, a he said, she said and a back and forth. So I think it was like, there's no point. My point is though more about him, like that he did this extremely extremely devious you know really nasty totally unnecessary like this person you've been going out for for three years you're not just breaking up with them by text message or whatever you're not just angry that they cheated on you you are making you are humiliating them on the world stage Mm -hmm. for your own personal gain like and he got 
really big on that. Like he was really big, but I mean, mm-hmm. that song was a real kind of kickstart into the next era of his, you yeah. know, of his, yeah. of his career. I haven't even told you the worst part. I don't know if you've, if you've already heard about this, but after they broke up, she went back to Louisiana to like lick her wounds and kind of, I think, sleep in her childhood bed and cry basically, right? Like, who among us has not wanted to do the same thing? Well, not Louisiana. But and when she got there, her dad was in bed and he said, I'm Justin now. <laughs> what a creep. What an absolute creep. No. So she was at home and Justin came to see her in Louisiana and he brought with him a letter he had written her, right? A post breakup letter. And at the end, it said something like, I don't know if I'll ever stop loving you or something. But not only did he come to her house and bring her a letter, Beatrice, he framed it. And he gave it to her framed. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's amazing. And she said in the book that she still has it under her bed. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine ever writing any kind of letter? I could write a letter and I could literally be like, oh, my God, this is like James Joyce level. Incredible genius writing. And I would never think to frame it. Like I might softly suggest it to the recipient but like, you know, oh, did you like that letter? You know, that could be worth some money in the future. But I would never frame a letter that I had written. Well, also, Rosemary, that's Although now I'm thinking, that's just what you're getting for Christmas. Well, I was also going to say, because that's because framing is pretty expensive unless you buy like off-the-shelf frames. I wonder which it was. But also, isn't it very bad karma? Like, not karma. Isn't it very bad, like, mojo to put negative energy under your bed? Isn't your bed, isn't like the under, I'm watching that TV show Evil and the devil is always under her bed, dripping stuff under her bed. Oh, stop. I think it's probably um, quite a positive letter though. It sounded like it was very loving. Now, I'm just going to read you something that I might frame. Oh. Oh. Rosemary's looking delighted. Oh. Oh. Better not read that section you read me the other day. February 26th. Oh, God. <laughs> 1996. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Sorry. This, okay. To oh. p- context. Oh. February, February 1996. Oh. Beatrice is 18. Right? No, no, I wasn't 18. I was not 18. Oh, sorry. You were 17. Thank you. You're about only, to turn 18 this year. Me. Sorry. 17 I was 17. Not even and a half. How dare and you? And a third. Thank you. Okay. No news. School, as predicted, was awful. I'm really dreading tomorrow. I don't know why exactly, but I am. It's like the feeling before PE in first year. Yeah, hated that. My giving up of sweets, cakes and biscuits seems to be working very well. I've lost three pounds in the last three days, so I'm 12-12 now. Aiming for ten and a half. That's 23 pounds to lose before June, which is 95 days. This is like Bridget Jones' diary. That's one pound every four days, in brackets, a prox, or slightly less than two pounds a week. Got singing tomorrow, and I have to say, I actually... <laughs> what? This isn't the funny part, I just keep thinking about the end. Got singing tomorrow, and I have to say, I actually have practised quite a lot. Why are you lisping? <laughs> if you have to ask, Beatrice. We're going to a football match on Thursday. Well, I'm only going if I don't have singing. Name redacted. I've decided... Is sound. Oh, thank God, lucky them. I spent the evening. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, what has this got to do with Brittany or Justin? <laughs> it's, this is a letter I'm going to frame, a letter to your diary. I spent the evening papier macheing my paper goblet. <laughs> <laughs> my what? My paper goblet? 
Listen, I had a portfolio to do. It's sort of cool. Well, that's all. Till tomorrow. God, I actually remember sitting up in bed and writing those diaries. Yeah, you're welcome. You can frame that. I can't believe you're laughing at that. You the could have probably... The mache goblet really sent me off, sent me over the edge because I was like, I was like, God, Beatrice is going to kill me if this is one of the bad ones. And then I was like, oh, this is just ridiculous. God bless me. I mean, listen, I lived in the countryside. We only had two TV channels as I was telling the kids today. Papier we mache. had three by then. We had two. Papier mache was where it's at. Was where it was at at the time. <laughs> I wonder where that paper goblet is. Mum probably still has it in the attic. Oh. Probably. But you know, like, I i mean, I do hate Justin, right? Do you? Yeah, absolutely, Beatrice. You know what I thought I've was hated him for a while. Obviously, there are a lot of images out there now, you know, a lot of photos kind of of when Justin and Brittany were going out. It's kind of sad. Like, I never noticed at the time I was so busy admiring Brittany and just being, you know, delighted for her the whole time. But like, he is literally wearing his regular clothes you know, to an event. And she is beside him in her nightdress every single time. Like she was so sexualized. I mean, um, yeah, that's fine if that's your choice. Like I feel like Christina Aguilera went out there and made those choices for herself, I think. Right. And is still making those choices. If as evidenced by that lube video I sent you this week, that body oil video, did you not even watch it? I was like, why is Christina hawking this body oil? And she was rubbing it all over her body and like, I can't even do those. Like, I can't even make those faces. I did see an interview. Was it Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon where he was asking Christina Aguilera, does she think she's in Britney's book? And she got really awkward and he was like, would you prefer to be in the book or not in the book? And um, she went, oh my God, what if, what if you're in the book? And she was like, I, I hope, what, what did she say? She's like, I prefer you to be in the book than me in the book. But that was as far as she would go. Oh, I enjoyed um, it. Was um, Jimmy I, Fallon. I did listen to the snippet about um, her being with, with Mariah Carey. I was, I think I was more listening to Michelle Williams' accent. So she, she talks in a like faux Britney voice, doesn't she? She does slightly. But then I also couldn't decide because she obviously is an actor and I've heard her do loads of different voices. And where is she from, Michelle Williams? don't know but anyway what are your thoughts she could also be from the south i don't think she is what are your thoughts well sorry i I was just going to say on um britney being sexualized and everything there are points in the book where she basically says look i was from the south and we loved like dressing up and big hair and big boobs and little dresses you know what i mean so to a certain extent i think some of that would have been her anyway you know what i mean that would have been how she wanted to present but I think it's the stark contrast, as you said, between her and Justin. And when you see her like so glam and so just looking so grown up. And even though we know like, you know, you're looking at it going, God, they were both babies. He looks like a baby and she looks like a woman. You know what I mean? Even though they were both 19 and 20. Well, what do you think about like, should you be forgiven? So do you so you basically you hate Justin, but you think he shouldn't be judged for things that he did years ago? I hate Justin because I think he seems like a knob, full stop. And he seems like he was a knob then, and he seems like he's a knob now. And I hated him for the Janet Jackson Super Bowl thing, which, like, when everything happened with Britney, right, he was still he was still a kid, more or less. When, when everything happened with Janet Jackson, he was older, and he, once again, let her take the fall. But, like, what was he supposed and to then, say? I mean, that's the part that I'm not 100% clear on with Janet Jackson. Like, she's also a grown woman. Like, she was a grown woman, Britney was not. Like, what? And she wasn't put in a conservatorship once her nip, with her nip slip. Well, I think he was supposed to say that was a stunt. Oh, and but was it? We, yeah, oh, but I, mean, I think it was totally a stunt. But did Janet Jackson ever say that was a stunt? 
No, because she was too busy being absolutely slut-shamed. And I presume her PR... Well, yeah, I know what you mean. So he couldn't say it was a stunt if she didn't say it was a stunt. Yeah, like, that's a bit weird to me. Like, they should have both come out together if it was a stunt. But, like, was it? I mean, I... I think it was a stunt because I've I've never pulled anyone's bra off. No, I've read a lot saying, saying it was, but, like, neither one of them has ever said, I think... Right. I've never actually yeah. seen either. So that's the part that I find confusing. Like if it was a stunt, they 100% should have just said it was a stunt knobs like and we were in on this together and it backfired, you know? Yeah. I just don't understand but, why she wouldn't say it either. Like what she. Yeah, I know what you mean. But the most recent reason that I hate Justin Timberlake is that picture that came out of him in New Orleans a couple of years back, maybe two or three years ago when he was married and when he had kids holding hands with somebody. And it's not just holding hands with a woman on a balcony where they're both really drunk, right? Oh. And it's not just that I'm offended or I'm upset or I'm angry that he's cheating on his wife. But it's also the the cheating and the like blatant disregard for humiliating her on the world well, stage. You know what I mean? Maybe they're fine. Maybe that we don't know. Maybe they have an open marriage and they're fine with it. I hate him for making any more Trolls movies. <laughs> because the first one was great. And I like his dancing. I love that song in the troll movie. But the I'm second sure you like one, his dancing. It's a cartoon, isn't it? No, his dancing. Him, Justin's dancing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Justin oh, well, yeah, I he mean, is a great dancer. I do watch lots of his videos and his happy songs. And I do think that he's like, you know, I play him at home. The kids love him. Like, I think he's a good music. Like, I think he's a great entertainer. And I went and I saw him in concert and I really enjoyed him. So did I. I don't he was great, like, yeah. like you said, I don't like how I perceive him to treat women. I don't think that's great. Or just his general personality seems a bit crap. But the fact that he made Trolls 2, I already hated Anna Kendrick. And now I have both of them to hate on. It is. Why did you hate Anna Kendrick? You just hate women. I don't hate women. Shut up. I just (laughs) hate her. She's just so annoying. That stupid fucking cup thing. Tick, 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 tick. Not tick, tick. Sorry. (laughs) You know I'm not good at sound effects. And now the whole world knows as well. <laughs> well, we watched the feckin' trailer for Trolls 2 like three times and the kids have me damned to watch it. It looks like, is Did it Trolls two or two three? Come out years is ago. Three? Trolls, Trolls, I think it's three oh, now. Trolls 2 was desperate. And now Trolls 3 looks even worse. It looks like what it would be like to watch a packet of fruit pastilles tell a non-story for three hours and sing shite songs. That's what it looks like. It lo- doesn't even, even the part where they spew out glitter, like when that, ha- it's so derivative, like when that happens in the Lego movie and the star vomits out the glitter, Fox goes, oh, it's amazing. It's so good. And this one where they're like, whatever, vomited out the glitter. He just sat there passively unimpressed. Like, and he's only five. That's how bad it was. He's already a cynic. He is. Earlier on, I said to the kids, I said, you're all... I can't remember what I was saying. They all had their parent-teacher meetings and I was back saying like, oh, you all did a great job. I said, however, you're all, oh yeah, one of them said to me, you know, he's he's your favourite. And I said, I don't have favourites. You're all my favourite. You're all badly behaved in your own ways. I said, Chance badly behaved in this way. Nash badly behaved in that way. And I forgive him. Bo's badly behaved in this way. And I forgive him. I said, and Fox is never badly behaved. And he turns around and this is what he learned from dad. And he goes, oh yeah. And just stuck <gasps> the middle finger at me. He's fucking fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was probably defending his brothers. He was like, he's like, mom, stop singling me out for... For praise. I know, yeah, don't make me look for bad. For praise, yeah. Because dad taught him this the other day, right? And then denied teaching it to him. So now when you, now the whole time when like at really inopportune moments, he sticks his middle finger up on his cheek, scratches it and goes, do you see something suspicious? <laughs> 
absolute brat. So I presume uh, he's now he's now in his room, yeah, being he, punished, is he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's not out there at all playing video games. Anyway, you know what? I saw somebody saying that they weren't going to read Britney's book because they felt like they'd already heard everything about it in interviews and in the news and everything. I worried about that when I read the glossy book by Marissa Meltzer, and I was actually correct. All the interviews I'd read included everything interesting about the book. The Britney book, however, I still think is worth reading because it just is very affecting. It's like it's very moving and has really made me feel compassion for her. I mean, I obviously like I felt really like sympathetic towards her, but just it's kind of like the difference between seeing somebody get in a car crash, right? And being like, oh, my God, that poor person was in a terrible crash. Like they, they really hurt their necks, blah, blah, blah. And then watching a video of them getting 10 car crashes. Do you know what I mean? No, sorry, their necks. They really hurt their necks. That person really hurt their necks. Oh. That person really hurt their neck, Beatrice. Why are you so annoying? Oh, I do understand what you mean. I feel similar about, I feel similar. Can't now, that's, God did that now. I feel mm-hmm. similarly about the Julia Fox book. Down the drain. Down the drain. And then when I saw her wearing clothes that she had found pulled up from the drain the other day, um, I can't remember where she was, something absolutely horrendous. You such an old granny. She pulled those clothes up from the drain. <laughs> I just was like, oh, I, I kind of admire her for that. I'm like, she does not give a fuck. Or she's out there just thinking, this wearing this absolute hodgepodge of horror, maybe it was her Halloween costume actually, will get me noticed. And she's right. It absolutely does. I mean, and I do all this zooming and everything because I'm just, I, I am a granny. I'm like, it couldn't possibly be. Is it? <laughs> Zoom in. And then I'm like, <laughs> that Pers-. couldn't be a skirt. Yeah, and then I'm like, picking pages, reloading as usual because I'm on some crap site. What's, what's that at her waist? Oh, it's just her waist. Where are the clothes? This is what goes on in my mind. But I've read actually some very good interviews that I thought were really interesting that made me want to read the book. And then I'm like, hmm. I bet you I've read all the good bits in the interviews. I listened to the Celebrity Memoir Book Club episode about the Julia Fox book and then I listened to their subsequent interview with her. So I feel like I've truly listened to everything there is to listen to. Or like yeah. I've truly absorbed everything there is to absorb from I also book. don't really care about Julia Fox. You know what I mean? So like it's not no, like Britney where I'm going, oh, I've cared about Britney for years. I've followed Britney for years. I danced along. I, I, I knew her whole routine to hit me baby one more time. I had the outfit and everything. I used to do it in the school gym when nobody was looking. <laughs> is, that, is that what you were making the papier mache gobble for? <laughs> you were so prop? confused. Though. You were like, you did? No. No, I wasn't. I was literally going, this is another now. Be yourself <laughs> at a tangent of lies. No, I was busy. I was busy. What age was I when that came out? Too old. I was busy having the PE bib cut off me at the end of every PE session. Don't worry. I wasn't wearing any tiny little <laughs> outfits. I thought that was only one time. I think it happened more than once. The time where, it, like, he, he the time where he had to truly march off to his office and get the scissors was the most humiliating. Like, a couple of times I had to get people, like, people had to help me untie it or like get it over my head. He's just like, "I'll be right back." Off you go. You should have bought him a Swiss Army knife to say thank you, and then he would have had a scissors in his pocket at all times. Pulls off like in slowest ever through the double doors to his office. Comes back with basically a pinking shears to cut this feckin' bib <laughs> off me. So embarrassed to stand in the middle of the basketball court. Everybody eyes on me. Bib slowly comes off. Oh. I have to say, not as bad as Britney's conservatorship. No, well, yeah, that's that's something worth bearing in mind whenever we complain about ending now. Yeah, exactly. Not as bad as Britney's 13-year conservatorship. I should think about that. We should think about that any time we give out about dad. 
I was just thinking that. Yeah. Actually, any time I give out about dad spending money, I'm going to be like, well, at least it's not my money. <laughs> <laughs> any time I give out about dad, I'll be like, well, at least he's not pretending to be Rosemary. On the Patreon this week, we are discussing another book, Business or Pleasure by Rachel Lynn Solomon. It's the monthly book club has just happened on Patreon. Next month's book has also been announced in that episode. So if you're interested in joining our book club, go on to patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister. If you want to get in touch with us, follow us on Instagram at notwithoutmysister. Email us notwithoutmysis at gmail.com. And we'll be back in your ears next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Not Without My Sister is recorded in studio in Fort Wayne by Don Kirkland, who also wrote our theme tune, and the original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.